Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Wow, don't sit down just yet. Don't sit down just yet. We got to give God some more praise in the house today. Come on, let's give God some praise for this band, for you being here today. I know for all of us, it wasn't that easy showing up, especially those of you that maybe have five kids, but you made it. So turn to at least one person and say, hey, you made it. And you look good doing it. Come on. Praise God. Okay, you may be seated. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, uh, those of you that are joining us online from around the world. We have a lot of exciting news that we'll share with you at the end of today's service. I'm telling you, God is on the move. But you already knew that. But God is on the move like never before. You know, there's churches all around the world that God is using in the face of a storm. And I can just share from what God is doing in victory churches and in a season where, where, you know, like sometimes it feels like the enemy wants to oppress you. Well, he tried the same thing with the Israelites. And the more he oppressed them, the more they grew. How many of you feel like you're growing, if not on the outside, on the inside? Come on. Man, God is on the move. You know, we're going to be celebrating today with Victory Churches of Asia. It's exploding throughout Asia. And you know what? We have a lot more freedoms than they do. But it's in that resistance that they are finding their reward. It's in that struggle that they find their Savior. And I want, to, I want you to know today that God has brought you here on purpose for a purpose. It isn't by coincidence that you are here. Even if somebody invited you, dragged you to church, bribed you, I don't care. You're here because God wants you to be here. And he's got a message for all of us today. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this day, the day that you have made, the day that we will rejoice and be glad in it. And we thank you, Father God, that your mercies are made new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I pray now, Holy Spirit, that we'd be open to receive from you, be moved by you. Lord, that we would hear you. I thank you that you have a word for each one that is here today. Lord, would you have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, we are in part two of our series, Cruise. And uh, as you can tell, I am all in still. This is not the same shirt from last week. This is another one. Thank you, sis. My sister-in-law blessed me again this morning. But I've entitled today's message, Something's Fishy. Okay? Something's fishy. We've all heard the term before, something's fishy. It means that something isn't in the up and up, if you know what I mean. Uh, Something about a person or a situation arouses suspicion. Or maybe it just stinks. I don't know. But in the last two years, we could all say there's been something fishy going on. Would you agree? And and as much as we we try to uh, uh, put our finger on it and, and find out the cause of it, at times it can become distracting, right? And, and, and without knowing it, if we're not careful, we, we've taken on or will take on certain habits that have caused us to cruise. 
cruise in definition is to sail about in an area without a precise destination, especially for pleasure. Uh, it could be a voyage on a ship or a boat uh, taken for pleasure or on a vacation and usually is called in at several different places. We've sailed about. We've sailed about hoping to get away from the very thing that I believe that we are called to. Healing. We've avoided destinations when we've even taken certain uh, detours that have caused us to omit our objectives. We've been taken by uh, certain currents that have steered us away at times from our calling. But someone say, not in this house. Ooh, that feels good. One more time. Not in this house. You know, if, if anyone knew what it was like to struggle with this, it was Jonah. A man with a fish story so big that it swallowed him whole. His cruise ship was taken by a storm that caused him to sink, caused him to be swallowed, and caused him to be spat out, only to be given a second chance. So I want to jump into the book of Jonah with you today. There's only four chapters, so we'll be jumping around through those four chapters. But I would encourage you, again, throughout the week, go deeper. Someone say go deep. That was our theme from last week, right? When Jesus talked to Peter, or before he was Peter, Simon, and after he had cleaned up all of his tools, was putting his nets away, Jesus said, I want you to go deep. I want you to go out again, but I want you to go deep. And just like God doesn't want us to stay shallow in our relationships, shallow in our relationships with him and one another, he wants us to go deep. And now we're going deep. Thank you. So let's look at Jonah 1, starting in verse 1. It says, the, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran from the Lord, and he headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went ab aboard and he sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. The question I'm putting out here today is where have you been fleeing or running from the Lord? And what have you been running to? You see, every port has a price. Would you agree? Sure does. Jonah would pay a greater price than the fare to flee. We've all been guilty of buying a ticket towards the wrong direction. Every one of us. For the word says that we've all sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. Sin is actually a definition. It's an archery term, which means to miss the mark. How many people missed the mark before? The rest of you aren't being honest with me, but that's okay. <laughs> you can nod your head in agreement. But we've all been guilty of buying a, a ticket for the wrong direction, in the wrong direction. 
And I find it interesting. I've, I've heard this story lots ever since I was a wee little lad. <laughs> I heard the story about Jonah and Veggie Tales, and the song comes in my head. But I find it interesting when I was studying it why Tarshish? I thought maybe it's just, you know, just the first boat out of here. I'm going to take the first boat out of here. But if you look at in Ezekiel 27, it says that Tarshish was the great city in which was the source of King Solomon's riches. Tarshish. Tarshish was filled with gold, silver, precious metals, iron. And I think we can agree that we tend to move in the direction of money. We tend to make a lot of decisions based on finances. Makes sense, right? But we've got to be careful when we're making decisions and making moves when it comes to the love of money. Because money's great in what it can buy for us, what it can do for us, how it can help people. And again, God wants us to have stuff. He just doesn't want the stuff to have us. Money is such a big deal in our lives that when we have it, at times, let's be honest, we can feel like we don't need God. You're like, oh, pastor, well, we always need God. No, I'm saying feeling. At times when, we, when we've got it, we feel safe, we feel secure, it meets our needs. And sometimes we just start to drift in the wrong direction. Not always. And the fair... What fair? What fair have I been paying to flee from where God is calling me? That's going to look different for all of us. The fair. I don't know what you've been paying. Some of us have been paying for apps to escape. <laughs> right? Again, not all apps are bad in the right application. But it might look different for all of us. What's your fair? that you've been paying so that you can flee, you can get away from certain things. And maybe the thing that you're trying to avoid is the very thing that God is calling you to. So the first point I wanna talk about is cash over calling. It's easy to cruise in the direction of cash. It's easy to pick a cruise when you get a good deal. It's even better when you get more for your money. But Jonah was running away from God and in the direction of gold. He was. He was more running away from his calling than anything else, but the destination he was going to was known for its gold, known for its riches. And we got to be careful not to sacrifice our calling for cash. Matthew 6.24 says that you cannot serve both God and money, for no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will de be devoted to one and you will despise the other. So all I'm saying is, let's be careful not to sail in the direction of false security. Or else we may be faced with a storm that will cause our ship to sink. And that was the case for Jonah and everybody else that was on that ship with him. You see, the Lord caused this huge storm to come upon the ship, and it started to sink. And then Jonah ends up confessing to the crew it was because he's running away from his calling. And if they, 
And they asked him, well, how do we make it stop? And he says, well, if you throw me overboard. And the scripture says they did everything not to do that. It actually says before that, they were all, everyone else was praying to their gods and nothing was happening until they found Jonah while the sailors were working up top. He was sleeping down below. Sleeping when he should be sailing. And how many of us do that in our walk with God? The man of God is below the deck falling asleep. But sometimes for some of us, we can get so overwhelmed by life and stuff and get depressed that we don't even want to get out of bed. But they found Jonah. And when they found out that he had a different God, they said, well, why don't you pray to your God? And maybe there'll be a chance that he will save us. It was in Jonah's silliness that caused everybody else to be in that state. Are you with me? So Jonah says, well, here's the deal. I want the storm to stop, throw me overboard. And that's what they did. <laughs> Chucked him over into the water. See, Jonah was despising the direction that God was taking him. And, and he decided in our terms, it would be kind of like uh, choosing Bitcoin. You know, that hasn't, well, I don't want to get into that right now, but it's not doing so good. He chose Bitcoin and instead he gets bit by a whale. Come on. Some people like my dad jokes. There's more coming. But that's the thing. You know, he chose a direction that wasn't the direction in which God was calling him. And God will use whatever it takes to get our attention. And I said to the men this morning, I said, remember, men, he also disciplines the ones he loves. Like we learned last week, it's a course correction. Last week, Peter had his destination. Peter had his way of doing it. And then the way, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, steps into the picture. And he says, I want you to go out again. But this time, I want you to go deep. That's what I love about our God. His mercies never end. He's constantly guiding us, correcting us. And it says in Jonah 1.17 that now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of that fish for three days and three nights. Yikes. Let's talk about being swallowed by selflessness. I mean, yes, it was, it was selfless what Jonah did to say, hey, throw me overboard. But he was still living life selfishly by doing his thing, his way, instead of doing God's thing. Jonah was a prophet. A prophet from the Lord. A prophet was someone that God would speak to to speak to the people. No one's exempt. No one's exempt from, from stumbling and falling and making the wrong choices and going the wrong direction. And we can all be swallowed by selfishness. Or we can choose to sail in the winds of selflessness. You know, if Jonah hadn't confessed his sins to the other sailors, I don't know. Maybe instead of a whale, God would have sent a shark. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been a fun story? Share on Sunday. And, and you can bet he's in the belly of a whale. You can bet he was saying something's fishy. Something smells. Something stinks. He went... 
He went from cruise, he went from just soaking up the sun on a cruise ship to soaking in fish dip. Got one laugh out of that. <laughs> Pastor Rudy, where were you? <laughs> I have five kids, okay. But Jonah prayed to the Lord. He prayed to the Lord from the belly of the whale. And I encourage you, read all of, of, of Jonah. In chapter two, it's like a song. I can picture Pastor Rudy in the whale writing this song. It's a beautiful song. <laughs> got nothing to write on. I don't know what you write on while you're in there. Probably didn't get to write it till he got out. But one of the things in Jonah 2, 1 to 2, he said this, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. From distress to deliverance. Mm -mm. From distress to deliverance. It's not just what God is calling us to, but Sharon, it's what God is calling us through. Even through our environments, even through the times that may stink and feel uncomfortable. We know that God is at work. We know that he is our comforter. We know that he is our provider. We know that he will keep us safe. God will send protection in the midst of problems. He will send you security in the face of a storm. In Isaiah 40, verse 2 says, He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. In Jonah 2, 8 to 10, Jonah says, Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, say I, I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise. And I will fulfill my vows. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out on the beach. Come on. You know, in, the, in a storm, what we hold on to if you're about to becoming, become shipwrecked and your boat's about to go down, what you hold on to will either cause you to sink or it'll cause you to float. Are you with me? There are things that we put before God and that's an idol. And those things will only cause us to sink in the midst of a storm. And it's in sacrifice that keeps us from sinking. It's what we lay before God. It's what we give to him. It's even casting our cares and burdens upon him. And at the right time, he will lift us up. Remember, even a cruise ship can only carry so much cargo. difference is we're not on a cruise ship. What are we? We're on a battleship. 
How many of you know you take different things on a cruise ship than you take on a battleship? There's people that, that, that pick the cruise ship because it's an all-inclusive and they fill that thing with alcohol. Well, on a battleship, it's going to be filled with ammo. On a battleship, it's all hands on deck. On a battleship, we're here to serve and we're here to fight the good fight. You see, it was Jonah's hope in the Lord that led him to repentance and it led to healing over Nineveh. God turned his anger away from Nineveh. And instead he turned towards mercy and he saved the people of Nineveh. By turning one man's, one man's calling over cash, one man's Selfish, selflessness over selfishness and one man's distress into deliverance. In chapter 4, verse 2, Jonah prays to the Lord. He says, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abundant in love. A God who relents from sending calamity. But the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? Sometimes we even doubt the decisions that God makes when it comes to his mercy for others, his love for others, his compassion for others, others that we believe deserve punishment, even death. We get angry when we should show mercy. A takeaway for us is that what we endure can lead to empathy. Just like God turned towards Nineveh, God has turned towards you. Christ has looked upon you. He became the price and our sin for our sin, and He has showed His mercy that has no end. No matter what you're going through, what storms you may face, how dark it may seem is there. He is the light. And if you would just let him in, let his mercy flow not just in you, but through you. Paul said in Romans 10, 9, if we believe in our hearts, if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, if we believe in our hearts that God the Father raised his son from the grave, that we will be saved. His mercy flow to you so it can flow to everyone else that you have a hard time giving it to. It starts with you. It's hard to give what you don't have to give. And I just encourage you right now, I'm going to lead us through prayer. And I believe, I just sense there's going to be a shift in direction. There's going to be alignment today. You've been searching for assignment, but God is saying, hey, alignment comes before assignment. 
Seek first the kingdom of God and then all things will be added unto you. Would you pray with me? Say, dear Jesus, I know what it's like to set sail, to head in the wrong direction. I know what it's like to mess up, to sin, and to fall short. that you chose to die for me. And I believe that three days later, you rose from the grave. Would you come into my life? Would you be Lord over my life? I receive your mercy. I receive your forgiveness. And I choose to follow you. to be disciples. We are called to make disciples. And part of that discipleship is following in the footsteps of the greatest sailor that ever sailed, our Savior Jesus. He himself who was baptized calls upon us to follow him and be baptized as well. It says we are to go into all the world making disciples, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey His commands. And surely He is with us always, even to the very end of age. So at College Street, we don't make it difficult. 
I sensed in my heart before we started this today that there's someone that just needs to let go and let God. You're like that ship. You've been carrying burdens that you weren't supposed to carry and you need to let it go. You need to leave it in the water. You need to throw that overboard and lighten your love. For in baptism, it says when we are baptized, we are baptized with Christ. When we go to the water, it represents when he went to the grave. We come up out of the water, it says we are resurrected with Christ. And I think someone needs a little resurrecting in the house. And if that's you, be bold. Just step forward. We got towels, we got clothes, we got all that stuff. Even if you feel you just need to want to come down and you need some extra prayer while we worship a bit, need an extra touch, feel free to do so. But let's continue to worship. I'm going to be right there. So if you want to get in with me, just come see me. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.